0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study each Wednesday evening for all of those who could be with us at the building at 6.30 every Wednesday evening at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, there are people in the Omaha area who are interested in learning God's Word, but they can't necessarily be with us, or maybe they just haven't pulled the trigger yet, so to speak, to go ahead and check us out and come and be with us in person. But there are also those who may be part of the congregation who are shut in for sickness or illness or injury or some reason where they just can't get out easily. And also there are people who want to study God's word all across the country and around the world who obviously cannot be with us in person. At the sunny slope church of christ so we're thankful to have the opportunity the means the ability to be able to spread god's word through the medium of the internet through these podcasts we're thankful that god can bless us in this way has blessed us in this way and continues to do so and we want to take responsibility to do a good job of spreading his word, of teaching his word accurately and effectively, and even powerfully, to his glory and to help souls. Now, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So it's important that we get into God's word regularly, consistently, and very, very frequently. We encourage every single day We encourage you to share these short studies, therefore, with everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to come to God. They need to grow in their faith. They need to get into God's word. They need to think about their soul's salvation share these short studies with them, every, every opportunity you have with your friends, family members, neighbors, work associates, with everybody you can, literally. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But just think, by sharing these studies, by helping other people get into God's word, you may help turn somebody's life around. You may help them get to heaven. What a great blessing that would be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We also encourage you to encourage others to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Now, it's free to access all of the resource materials that we make available on our website, and they are incredible in number and we pray in quality. Have them go to our podcast button and click on that and sign up for our podcasting. Again, our our website, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when someone signs up for our podcasting, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, and a daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. But also, and I said earlier, I think it's important for us to get into God's Word every day we possibly can. They will receive a daily, seven-day-a-week, short Bible study, about 13 minutes or so, each day called today's Bible class. All of that will be free. And while they're at our, and it'll also be automatic, it'll go to their smart device, whichever one they choose, their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. And while at our website, churchofchrist.com, they can access hundreds of sermons, many of which are now posted in video format as well as audio, and they can also access hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. They can download those, read those, study through them, and all of that there, again, is right there for free. So tremendous Bible study resource materials right there to help people grow in their faith and walk with God in faithfulness and obedience. We're going to finish up our study from 2 Peter today. I say we're going to do that. We might you know, take enough time and one or two verses here that we'll have to come back and complete it next time. But we've taken our time while we've gone through these studies. We've gone through quite a number of the short letters within God's word. And so here we are, we're coming to the end of second Peter. We're in chapter three and we pick up with verse 14, with verse 14. Here Peter goes on and he says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Whenever you see the word therefore at the beginning of a sentence or somewhere within the sentence, you need to stop and make sure you understand why it is therefore. (laughs) A little play on words there. But that particular word is pointing back to something that you have just covered within that particular document. Maybe it's a letter, maybe it's a legal document, or maybe it's from Scripture in God's Word. So remember, this third chapter, Peter first begins by dealing with scoffers, those who are saying, ha, you've been saying that Jesus is coming back, the final day of judgment, when's it coming? Not happened yet. Sun keeps coming going down every evening, the sun keeps coming up every morning, the days go on day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. When's he coming? When's he coming? You know, and so they were casting doubt on the teachings of Christianity along the line that God is going to send Jesus back one day, on the final day of judgment, and he's going to call all of mankind to appear before him both those who have already passed on before us and also those who will still be alive on that day when he comes and we'll all have to stand before his judgment seat and give account for the way we've lived our lives. The things we have done in our physical lives, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. Well, Peter, then he goes on and and he explains to those scoffers and if they were scoffing just within a period of perhaps 30 years or so or maybe even less than that from the time that jesus died on that cross arose from the grave and then ascended back to heaven well there's certainly scoffers today maybe more in number than there were in that day but the answer is the same to all who would say well Why should I believe that Jesus is coming again? Now it's been almost 2,000 years. He hasn't come yet. When's he coming? Well, Peter went on to say in, in, in verses uh, 7 and 8 that a day with the Lord or a day with God is as a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is as a day. Now, that number 1,000 is not hard and fast. Peter could have said 10,000 years is as a day before God and a day as 10,000 years. Or he could have said 12,000 or 5,000 or 100,000. The point that he was making there is that God is eternal and time, as we understand time and live through time on this earth, has no meaning to God because God always has been. He is now. He always will be. And that's the understanding of eternal. So Peter lays that out. And then in verse 9, he tells them that God is being patient with mankind right now, giving man time to learn his word, to come to his senses, to recognize his sinfulness, to repent, and to come to him through Jesus Christ, being baptized for the remission of his sins, and thereby being born again spiritually. But then the very next verse, in verse 10, Peter then begins a dissertation so to speak on the fact that but God will send the Lord back he will send Jesus back the day of the ju- the day of judgment is coming and on that day Jesus will come the Apostle Paul says in Second Thessalonians chapter one verses seven and eight, with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of His Lord of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, Peter says the day of the Lord will come, verse ten of chapter three, Second Peter. He says, as a thief in the night. In other words, when people aren't aren't expecting. Uh, It's going to be a surprise to most of mankind on that particular day. And on that day, the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Well, then he goes on in verse 11, and he says that since all these things are going to happen, then don't you think you ought to get ready? Don't you think you ought to be living a holy and godly life? while you're still here upon this earth? And you should be, if you're a faithful Christian, you should be looking for, and he says, even hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will will be dissolved, being on fire, the elements will melt with fervent heat. Well, why would we want to hasten that? Because the best is waiting for us in heaven, if we're faithful Christians. And so in verse 13, as we finished last time, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And as we analyze that particular verse of scripture and compared it with others in God's word, I believe we're to understand that that is simply a symbolic kind of description of heaven itself the saved, the redeemed, the faithful, the obedient will be in heaven where there will be no more dying, no more pain, no more sickness, no more crying, no more sorrow. We will be with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit there. Now, beginning with verse 14, we move on. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. That word diligent, I like that. It's an active word. It indicates that we're really going to be focused and we're going to be active in pursuing whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. And so Peter has already said in verse 11, since all these things will be dissolved, you ought to be ready. You ought to be living as prepared as you can be, you ought to be looking toward that day, looking forward, hastening his coming. Because that's going to be the time, the occasion, the day on which we will be ushered into heaven. If we're ready for that day, if we're living faithfully before God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so here in verse 14, he, he, he kind of repeats it again. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and without, and blameless. To be found with by him in peace. Now, how can we have peace in our lives? We hear government leaders. We hear people we, we know and we talk to. And we hear people... Uh, talking about in in classroom settings, settings, in colleges, and so on, about peace. And we ought to be pursuing peace. We read in the history books about all kinds of peace treaties having been signed between nations. Well, how can we really find that peace that is so elusive to humanity? We keep finding ourselves in wars, in conflicts. We keep finding ourselves in... In, in, in periods of violence within various nations, including our own, well, how can we find the real peace that we ought to be seeking? In Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, the Apostle Paul wrote this Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, before we can rejoice in the Lord, we have to be in the Lord. And the way we get into the Lord is we do repent of our sins, Luke 13 and verse 3 and verse 5. And we do confess our faith in Christ, Matthew ten verses thirty two and thirty three, and we are baptized into Christ, Romans six and verse three, and Galatians three and verse twenty seven. And as we're baptized into Christ, we come into Him. So rejoice in the Lord always. He adds us at that point to our ch- to His church, Acts two and verse forty seven, and. Paul goes on and and says, again, I will say, rejoice. Well, to be saved in Christ is the most wonderful and the most profound reason to rejoice that we as human beings can possibly have. How sad that so many people, they don't want to hear about that. They don't want to think about it. They want to do something that. Uh, do things that, that satisfy them for the moment, give them surface level pleasure for the moment, and then it's gone, and then they have to suffer the consequences. And they do that on an ongoing basis over and over and over and over and over again. But God is offering us a peace, a joy that is so profound that it is truly eternal because it's not based upon things or pleasures of this world, but it is based upon the spiritual promises and blessings that God offers us through Jesus Christ. So he goes on, Paul goes on and he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Another word for anxiety could be worry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If people across the board throughout the world in every nation, in every generation would really become partakers, true partakers in the peace of God, and when Paul says it surpasses all understanding, because somebody who has never experienced it, they have a difficult time understanding it, and it's difficult to really explain to them fully what that peace really is, what it brings a person, because they have not experienced it. The peace of God, it is unique from all other avenues through which we might seek peace, because. This peace comes from God, and it is through Jesus Christ. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, that's a peace that this world is, for the most part, not taking part of most of the time. They're looking at other ways, ways of this world, They're seeking something that is in their mind, that is in and of themselves, that is in and of this world. But God offers us the true peace that comes only through Jesus Christ and from him. So Peter says, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, to that final day of judgment, to entering into the promised land, the ultimate eternal promised land, heaven itself, to being in the presence of God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, looking forward to these things, be diligent, pay attention, be focused, be active to be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Without spot and blameless means that through the blood of Christ shed on the cross as you were baptized into him for the remission of your sins, that blood, shed, uh, that blood cleansed you of the guilt of all of your sins. So you have become without spot and blameless. And then Peter goes on and says, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him has written to you. Hmm, interesting. The long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Well, this is parallel to what we read earlier, we referred to earlier in this third chapter of 2 Peter, going back to verse 9, when Peter was responding to the scoffers who were criticizing, challenging, the fact, uh, through the fact that Jesus had not yet come back to judge mankind, had not yet come back in the final day of judgment. Peter first said, you're finite, you're human, you've got a beginning, you've got an end, you need to understand that time has no meaning for God. A day is like a thousand years to him, a thousand years is like a day to him. God is eternal. Time as we understand it has no meaning. But then he goes on in verse 9 and he says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. In, in, in other words, God is not, is not being lackadaisical in having not yet send, sending, sending Christ back on the final day of judgment. He's not forgotten that prophecy that he will come back. He's giving us time. He's giving humanity time to learn about their Savior, to learn about their need for forgiveness of their sins, and to take the proper actions to come to God through Christ, being baptized for the remission of their sins so they can be born again spiritually and saved. God's giving us time. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Verse 9 again. But now, One day, God's patience or that time that he is giving us is going to come to an end. And so the very next verse, as we noted earlier, Peter writes, but the day of the Lord is coming. As a thief in the night, at a surprise time, and this this world is going to be burned up. The elements will melt with fervent heat and so on. That final day of judgment will come to be. But right now, God's giving us time. And so here in verse, in, in, in verse uh, 15, Peter said, the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, is salvation. Well, this principle goes back all the way into the Old Testament. And if we look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 33, and we want to read there, Verse 11, and here we read, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Or why should you die and insert your own name in there? God, again, is giving us time, giving us time to learn, giving us time to make that ultimate decision to turn our lives around through Christ, to come to him through Christ for forgiveness and salvation. If we go back to chapter 18 in Ezekiel, and we read first in verse 23, and here we read the same basic sentiment or mindset. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? Well it's a rhetorical question. As we've already read in chapter in chapter thirty three, God has said I, I don't want the wicked to die and be lost forever in eternal condemnation and punishment. Back in chapter eighteen In verse 32, he says, I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, said the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live, turn and live. Exactly the same thing as we read in chapter 33 and verse 11, turn, turn from your evil ways for why should you die? God is giving us time to learn. He's giving us time to think. He's giving us time to come to our senses and respond in obedience. If we go back to 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to read, we're going to read in in verse in verses uh two and three to begin with, and and go down to verse four. And here the apostle Paul writes along this line, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all of humanity every person to be saved but he does expect us to come to the knowledge of the truth and respond in faithful obedience in chapter 3 of 2nd 2nd uh, Timothy verse 15 he reminds young Timothy that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus So we need to get into God's word. We need to learn his teachings communicated to us through the scriptures so that we can understand how he wants us, how he has laid out in his word to guide us to come to him. I want to read one more text of scripture along this line. In Romans chapter two, Romans chapter two. And in verses Three and four, we read this. Do you think, O man, or do you think this, O man, who judge uh, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Well, it's interesting. He uses three words there to describe God's patience. His grace to give us time to come to our senses and come to repentance through Jesus Christ and to be baptized so that the blood that Jesus shed on the cross can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins and we can be saved. Do you you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, Don't you understand that the goodness of God is intended to lead you to repentance? The fact that God is being patient with us now, long suffering, that's to give us time. And his goodness is being demonstrated vividly through his patience as we continue to live upon this world. And ultimately his patience is intended to give us that time to repent and come to him through Jesus Christ. We need to take advantage. We need to appreciate God's goodness that is extended and his grace, I might add, that is extended through his being patient with us, giving us time to come to repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ. Is that where you're at today? Do you need to take that step? Do you need to take advantage of God's goodness, his patience that he has extended toward you? Do you need to obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for your goodness, your grace that is extended to us in so many ways. And Father, help us, everybody all across the world to not turn our backs on your goodness and grace and patience but to take advantage of it in the ways that you want us to by coming to you in obedience and faithfulness please help us to see father please we pray and we pray father please be merciful and gracious as well as patient with us please forgive us and hear our prayer in Jesus name Amen